Who's this person? Moo Moo? Yep, Moo Moo Fresh. Does she rap? She does. Okay, yeah, I've seen this. Or heard it. Um, Tiny Desk is going to go down as one of the most influential TKs for black music. TKs? Couldn't think of the word, so TK. I don't think most people know what TK is. TK, interestingly enough, most writers can't agree on where it comes from. A couple of different... Couple of different... Couple of different... Couple of testing, one, two, one, two. Couple of different. Bought you a whole thing. <laughs> a couple of um, theories. One theory is that if you're going to do a search for things that a writer has not yet put in, mm-hmm. the letters TK do not appear in any word. So you can do a search for tk and you'll only get these things that are missing right one theory the other theory is that it's really tc for to come information Mm -hmm. to come but if you're a copy editor and you keep writing tc and tc and tc over and over it's going to start with like a t and a k Mm -hmm. so it's one of those two things or both interesting i lean towards the tc becoming tk because the tk one then that means you're talking about doing a search, like an Apple F search, I mean, a command F search. A hundred years ago... Well, how old is TK? Forever. Just mm. like forever. So I doubt that it was done for search purposes because it goes back before electronic searching. So, although I guess your eye could continue to look for TKs too. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't have made it through all that. <laughs> you wouldn't have made it through all what? Searching for TKs, handwritten. Yeah, I've been kind of a mess. Um, hold on, let me just... I'm going to try to get myself together so that I'm not getting cursed out that throughout the day. Happened. I get cursed out. I was listening to one episode and you were like, could you not talk about the sound? Because I've got the sound. Yeah, that was like I last was week. I was like, oh my God, did he really just say that? That was like last week. Um, I like listening to... Uh, Good talk. It doesn't get weird. I know it was weird at first. So it, does, it doesn't get weird. It's not weird more. now. Um, I mean, I only listen to. I. I actually. I'm afraid to say this because I don't want people to be like, "You're so weird." Um, Too but late. right. It's entertaining to me, just like if it was some other podcast. Hmm. Um, and if I, I don't remember them. I was gonna say that's the other part too. It'd be different if you remembered all the stuff. Yeah, I don't down. remember what the hell we were talking about. Um. So it's still, it's entertaining. I like it. I know it's probably weird. Like who reads and writes, who reads their own stuff, who listens to their own stuff. I don't know. But I, do. I don't know if it, I don't know if podcasting falls in the same lane as like singers. Right. The idea that singers aren't supposed to listen to themselves, which I don't understand. Who said that? Oh, that's a big thing. Like, You mean to tell me you think Mariah Carey doesn't play her not, signature song at Christmas? I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying there's a thing about. Who, who, a thing with who? People in general, okay. the idea of artists, writers, whatever else, like enjoying their own work. There's something uh, supposedly egotistical about it. Right. It's the same thing that applies to authors. And I have reread books that I wrote more than once before I knew that you're not supposed to do that. But why? 
That's the part um, I never understood. Like, why? Because you're supposed to be doing some new stuff. You're not supposed to be. Your you stuff is not supposed to be so enjoyable that it's enjoyable to you. It should be enjoyable to the masses, but you made it, so you shouldn't be. You shouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. So I have read, reread books of mine more than once, even. Um, in the same way that I reread Tony um, Tony Morrison's Song of Solomon at least once a year. Um, so. Yeah. So, internet people are annoying me. Okay. At a higher rate than I realize they normally do. Mm. And I realize that I'm just irritable right now because okay. of all the bullshit. Yeah. And people's interpretations and processing of said bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on Facebook, I've had three or four black or black crime statements. Um, black I think, on black crime doesn't exist. Let's just make sure we get that out. There. Right. Okay. And of the three people who've put it up, I've muted. I think all of them. No blocking though. Um, I'm too close or too mm. like one. One did get unfriended, but the rest of them, I I just muted because it's like, and they're so ardent about it. And they're so, and they're I don't know. And it's only and. It only seems to come up when a white person kills a black person. Right. Then suddenly, right? Well, what about y'all want it? And and it's not even the white folks that I'm seeing Mm-mm. doing this. It's it's black folks. Yeah, and it's like I've definitely gotten into a space where black folks are annoying me more than white folks right now. I'm not going quite that far <laughs> on my space, right? On my page, right? Because I don't have a lot of white people. There. What I do, what I am running into is. <clears throat> Facebook being more triggering and no, I'm not gonna say triggering, more annoying for me than Twitter. For sure. And it should be the other way around for the most right. part. Right. Um, but it has That's been. because it's your people people that are annoying you instead of randos. But the thing is I don't run into what I run into on Facebook on Twitter. Right. I'm not getting black on black crime on Twitter. Right. And I guess I've um curated that space to a degree that it's hard to curate Facebook. Unless you just don't want to talk to people ever again. Facebook is tough. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on Facebook, I mean, I'm sorry, on Twitter, I had to curse somebody out. You did have to curse someone out. Yeah. Um, a gentleman tweeted something to the effect of... Was oh, he, it, he was all in the cackles. He thought he was hilarious. It was a Pelosi joke that turned... That was basically a black people be like joke correct it was the basis and saddest and lowest of comedy when it comes to these things right and there's a world where if that joke is actually done better i might might let it slide might let it slide yeah because that shit was hilarious right and i was allowing everybody to think that shit was hilarious and i we're talking about Nancy Pelosi kneeling oh, yeah, for eight seconds. Cloth. Wearing no, no, eight cloth. minutes. Eight minutes. What am I thinking with uh, Kente cloth on? In in her flyest of two flyest. dresses. Yeah. And she her orange heels. Like she was ready. Yeah, she was ready. Um, <laughs> there's somebody in the background of the kneeling photo who looks like they're dying. Their legs. Dying. <laughs> their knee is And then shot. there's a black man who has on like these really comfy shoes yep. and he looks like he's just built to be mm-hmm. on the bridge in Selma. Like he's got the cold he's here with the air it. bubble. He's here for the it. whole thing. He's, he's done it. this. All of it. Man, I don't know how you kneel in heels. I don't either. Like I, that's not how it keeps I don't either. Work. I mean, I've never kneeled. Oh yes. I have. No. Have I ever kneeled in a protest? 
No, I don't think I have. I mean, the kneeling thing, we didn't, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But um, no, so he made a joke that was basically like, I saw Nancy Pelosi at a Popeye's, something, something, something. In something, Compton, something. I think he said. And then there was like four or five white dudes that followed key, up key, behind key, him. Key. Yeah. Not just Kiki King added to the joke and extended the joke. Right. And in the comment, I was like, I hope you realize there's only white dudes laughing with you. Mm-hmm. And then I quote tweeted him and basically told him to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say 20 minutes later, he deleted a tweet, DM me an apology and say he didn't. He was he. The idea of looking at the room hadn't occurred to him in that context. Um, he says he's written jokes and done whatever. And his context for looking at the room and who's laughing is on who has good taste and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Which same shit, same really. Because um, none of nobody who's kicking with you has good taste either. Mm-hmm. Um, so his his uh, I read the comment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read the message in your DMs. And you actually read it first because I got like the first paragraph. By the time I handed it to you, he wrote four. Right. Uh, it was thoughtful. It was sincere. And it was well written. And the main part it was four paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And in the last paragraph, he said, I looked at who responded mm-hmm. and realized a lot by seeing that it was all white white right. boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was mad. I was like, God damn it. I mean, I was still annoyed. I, I of appreciate course, it. you can I, still be annoyed. But there was a part of me, you know, just all the things that white folks have been doing on the right side of justice lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us, well, I can't speak, I have had um, a bit of a time trying to process it and this was another one of those cases where i was like huh i can't i can't even i'm used to someone like that being like fuck you right it was funny it was funny right fuck you it was funny Mm -hmm. that's exactly what i would expect right so to not to not only not get that but to get nuance this fucking fridge It doesn't do anything until we start talking. It just stopped. Oh, maybe it just got lower. So anyway, y'all. Oh, he's coming back. I'll wait until later before I say anything. She just had to get a fridge. We should get a fridge. We should get a fridge. I thought that made sense. We should get an office that we can't soundproof. Well, I don't remember telling anybody telling me, no, don't get a fridge because then we won't be able to soundproof. Trust black women, they said. Here we are. Mm-hmm. No, um, see, that's a joke. Another example of a joke that's not really that funny. Eh, no, but, it's not really that funny. <laughs> but um, Mm-mm. no, yeah. Uh, the white folks have been trying. Or uh, pretending to try. I don't care. I, I'm fine with pretending as long as the result is the same. But um, it's not. If they're pretending to try, then the results won't be the same. By definition, if you're really trying, then the results will be the results. If you're pretending, not so much. Mm. Um, you, <laughs> we had an interesting live today. Speaking we of. Did. We did. We did. Um, I came across this essay yesterday from Langston Hughes, one of my favorites of his, called When the Negro Was in Vogue. And it's about, so the 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 Harlem Renaissance was not called the Harlem Renaissance during the Harlem Renaissance, like most things and like wars, these things are, you know, backronyms and get, uh, you say backronyms. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a, 
A backronym. Yeah, it's an acronym. I get it. I just never heard it before. But Palmer Renaissance doesn't actually fit that because it's not an acronym. But Mm -hmm. it was named that later when people were studying it. I don't remember what the name of it was at the time, but it was named after a book um, that had been written at the time. Anyway, uh, When the Negro Was in Vogue is an essay about just that, how black folks were getting money on money on money, book deals, um, plays. They were doing short films like black folks could get some money during this time from white folks mostly. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that type of thing is happening right now. Um, because it started because I got a, a an email from a, an editor at a white mainstream publication asking me to write. The email becomes more and more and more and more and more despicable to me the more time goes on. I was only mildly annoyed at it the first time I read it. Um, more annoyed um, going forward. And then today I just kind of lost it. But anyway, she is making it, she and other editors are making it feel very get you a black person-ish right. in the creatives right now. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it. And it's funny because I feel like there's, I feel like every space of media has a, make sure you have one. Right. And now it's make sure you have two. Or, or or three or somewhere or two or yeah, um, and I think or don't let your one go. And I think that's the thing too, where it feels like the floodgates are opening, even if they're not really. They're not really. Um, because one of the, the things I was saying to you during a live, and when it, and to further extend the story, um, the email you got, we basically realized was boilerplate. Um, they didn't look you up. Right. They didn't research you. This woman said, "I'm not. I can't tell for sure." from your work whether or not you're a parent and god bless the people in my lives today who were like what right. how does anyone not know you're a parent when that kind of bleeds through everything you do um as a matter of fact you know sometimes people will watch lives afterward of course and make comments and there's still things happening there even when i log off so i looked later and this young woman um that i used to work with at BT. She said in a comment, she was like, what? You stay talking about them kids. And the way she said it was just like, wait a second. Don't be saying them kids. But she's right. I always talk about my kids. I have two daughters, 23 and 13. I feel like I say that every single day to someone about something. Mostly on the show. Mostly on the show. And I'm not, and I don't even write about parenthood. I've never made a living writing about being a parent. But if you know my work at all, you know that. Right. So like I said the email was uh it was very boilerplate and the part that made me laugh was they were talking about um you seem like the type that can write, you know, brief, punchy, Short, blah brief, blah blah. Punchy and things. to no use and no you don't write anything under two thousand words Mm-mm. like ever. Mm-mm. Short um, and brief and punchy. So all that to say the the problem I have right now in looking at that email and the the state of things for black creatives. Everybody is, it feels like outlets are shooting past what the work is and what they're willing to pay for said work to get the name, whether they realize Correct. it's a name or not. Correct. And for me, if the floodgates are actually opening, it's not the same 10 people getting 25 offers. Right. It's the me's on down getting a shot at writing the 200 word whatever. Correct. And just getting a byline someplace. Correct. Um, but it's too difficult. She'd rather what she's really asking me to do, which is what I ended up doing, is her is her homework. 
Because there were three writers that I gave her without thinking mm-hmm. twice about it that are better are a better fit to what she was asking me to do. I don't think that's what she was doing. I think she wanted you. She I, didn't want me. I, she doesn't no, know anything about me. But here's she she knows your social media numbers. She knows your name. She knows she knows enough to know that getting you in the magazine means something. All three of the people that I sent to her mm-hmm. have much higher social media followings than I do. It wasn't my numbers because for a writer, my numbers are pretty low. It wasn't that. Either someone told her, this is who you want. Right. Or it has to be that. Because even the cursory, even the most cursory of searches would have given her enough. Like she even said, your voice is just amazing. Bitch, you don't know my voice. But that's why I go back to, but I still. She don't know my voice. So I think that's why I still go back to your work didn't matter. I take back, bitch. Your work didn't matter. Your resume mattered and your visibility right. mattered right. um and i and i say that man i lost where i was going um damn it i lost it we were talking about um how people that should be getting this shot are not right, no so, well, so i was overshooting right. so what i was going to say and she hasn't realized she's overshooting it goes back to the idea of we have to be 200% to get 100% worth right. of reward. Right. She's shooting at you being where you are, thinking that you're, she's offering you something that's an opportunity for you, which we know better. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already like laid out the fact that if this was a, if she was looking for white women writers, she would have been aiming as high. Right. It would have been some college intern. Or some new mom who has a blog or mm-hmm. something along those mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. Hey. But if I'm going to get a black person, they, they better be. be the best black person ever. Right. Who has been in the game for 20 years and published five books. Right. Except she doesn't know that either. So, yeah. So I think that becomes the bigger issue. Like the the big black fish, is that okay to say, <laughs> are going to eat. Right. Um, the smaller folks trying to get on and trying to find a way are still trying to find but, a way. So here's the thing, though. I still don't even... I'm still not going to tell those three writers that I told uh, told her about. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling them the pitch. I'm not telling them push, push, push to get into that place. Right. Fuck them. I'm not. Mm-hmm. If you want to and that's really a goal for you, fine. But they don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like. Well, also she any, had an actual assignment. She, she was did. like a profile. She had an, it wasn't an like, actual assignment. Because there's a world where. There's that initially email and the fault email. So what would you like to write? Right. You know, send me some sure. blah, blah, blah. Except I don't think that world exists. I think they're going to parcel out some stories here and there to black writers. I do not believe that these places are going to welcome black writers into the fold oh, yeah. and have them writing things. No, I don't think there's any systemic This is change. not a systemic change. This is a right now change. Right. This is a Negroes are in vogue mm-hmm. right now. Speaking of Negroes are in vogue... Uh, just read that NASCAR is banning the Confederate flag. What? <laughs> and Bubba Wallace, um, he is driving a Black Lives Matter car. I saw that. With the handshake. With the stock photo handshake that people keep using. The one that uh, Drew Brees yes. tried to use. Yes. <laughs> With the cartoonish white skin, brown skin. There's a world where he gets run off the road the first lap. And that's the end of it. I don't know what to make of any of this. It's uh but it looks like I better start. I was about to say it's an overcorrection, but it's not even that. It's it's not even a course correction. It's just 
It's just, it's not a course correction. It's not an overcorrection. It's not a correction. It's yeah. not a correction. It's simply performative. Like this. So the other part of this too is I'm waiting to see how long this lasts because how long this goes diminishes the idea of it being performative. If these are things that stick, of course. then I'll so Let's see that. what his car looks like next year. Next week. I'll say next year. If this is a particular race that's going to happen again next year, that's what I mean when I say well, this exact same race or whatever he's doing. Remember, they race every week. I know, but don't so, they do like the Grand Prix or the something, something? Yeah, the Daytona, whatever, whatever, yeah. Right, whatever the yearly big event is, mm-hmm. let me see what that looks like next year. Yeah, I'm not even giving it that. I, yeah, I have zero sense that that's going to be a thing next year. So what do we do? Do we just... Boycott NASCAR? I'd say no. black folks boycott NASCAR. I, I mean, <laughs> in general, what do we do with this time period where we are in vogue? Do we push each other to get whatever money is on the table right now, whatever recognition is on the table right now? Or do we just sit back and wait and watch, do things as we've normally done them, and see what happens? I think we take the money that's on the table, we bid, and we negotiate smartly. Um, Look past the idea of X publication or X outlet being a prestigious thing that you should be happy to get onto mm-hmm. and take a half a beat to be like, nah, I'm worth X. So which thing, is which is a hard ask because folks are coming from course, different spaces. Of course. So one thing I really wish I had remembered um, at the time during our live is that Level put out a post yesterday mm-hmm. saying, this is how you reach us mm-hmm. if you have something to say. Honestly, I think that deserves a whole other separate post anyway. Well, I mentioned maybe, but I would... I would have yeah. mentioned it because I was telling them as an editor at Level... Mm-hmm. This is my opportunity to make sure you guys are getting in here right. so that you don't feel like you have to go there. Because right. there are more opportunities for us in our own name than you don't have to go to Vogue, Vanity Fair, whatever. If you if that's what you want, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I should be helping you as best as, best as I can. And that would have been a good segue to be like, check out that post. Um, and they have uh, just many directions on how to pitch. And that actually has me... Your conversation specifically has had me wondering or thinking, not wondering as much, what this network needs to be ultimately um, in terms of, and again, we're, we're just starting out, mm-hmm. um, but there's somebody wants to do a podcast with zero anything mm-hmm. who might be amazing at it and mm-hmm. might just want to get on and be able to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Where do platforms like ours that aren't level dot medium dot com mm-hmm. um who aren't national spotlights and whatever else where do we fit in giving folks opportunities which also mm-hmm. reminds me of um i'm i'm one of the co-founders of black podcast hub mm-hmm. which is a network of black podcasts that well it's, i'm not gonna call it a network it's a space for black podcasts to promote themselves and we're working on, we have the Facebook page and we're working on getting the email blast together. And we're basically um, a, not search engine, a, what's what I'm looking for? Um, Depository? Yes. Repository? Repository of black podcast links in different categories and everything else. And I'm just realizing now is the time to really reach out to those folks and get that solid and situated because we have like over a hundred members mm-hmm. and folks doing all types of stuff from blurred stuff to science to mm-hmm. all different things. Um, 
So yeah, there's a, there's work for all of us to do. I of feel course. like on your end, it's a little more scary because there because there's so few outlets, and we see this with TV shows or anything else where if there's a black show, it has to represent every black person in ex- that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine level ending up being, or if it's not already being the same kind of thing, um, where you know you're saying, "Hey, it's my job to open the door." The door is three feet wide, and you end up having you know a thousand people trying to get in. Mm-hmm. You know, and how, and does also, work and how does that work? Right, and also we are not level is not a general market. It's mm-hmm. not. It's a publication for and about black men or men of color. Right. Um, so that makes it also you know you can't come to me with whatever it is you want to write about if it doesn't fit our audience, and you do have to have a certain level of experience. Right. Um, this is not an entry level spot. Mm-hmm. I'm not holding your hand through how to write a feature. Um, so it's not, it's not easy, but it's also not impossible. I I even feel like when you create opportunities for the middle, it trickles down. For sure. Um, I think of spaces like McDonald's and one of the arguments about minimum wage is that these are supposed to be kids jobs. Right. You're in high school and you flip burgers for extra money, get your sneakers, whatever it is. Right. But as we've progressed, there's folks with college degrees working at McDonald's. There's retirees working at McDonald's. Right. There are folks who can't find anything else for whatever reason working at McDonald's. It's not the kids anymore. It's right. grown folks working there right. because there are, there's a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. So when you create opportunity for that middle, it allows the folks sitting with no experience to actually come up to a space where they can actually do some work and get some things in that mm-hmm. they can't just because the folks who are more qualified for them are taking lesser roles because there's just nothing out there. Yep. So... Even, even like I said, with even with level being as um, specific as it is, it's still a release valve to mm-hmm. give everybody an opportunity. Sure. Even if it's just on a trickle down basis. Absolutely. The new writer may not write for level, but because the level writer is writing for level now, they get to write for they get to somebody. Exactly. And so the other thing that makes it difficult for me is that, like, if you're working at McDonald's, it's really about the check. You're not like, I have to give the, right. the customer the best cheeseburger ever. Mm-hmm. But at level, in addition to, I want you to get on and I want you to become, you know, get your writing thing on. I also have to give the best possible quality to my reader in every single story, every single day. Right. Whether it was written by me or whether I'm editing it. Um, and it's a skeleton staff of five people for the most part. And we started just in December and every single it's almost like therapy like every single staff meeting at level is like we have to give the best of everything we Mm -hmm. have who's the best writer for this who's the there's nothing phoned in right there's literally not a single story not one that comes by me Mm -hmm. that gets phoned in um constantly trying new outlets constantly trying new rubrics constantly trying new columns so in addition to wanting to bring people in I have a very high... You still got to keep the train on the tracks. Right. And you got to be the shit. Like, I don't have any wiggle room for, well, I mean, it's a story. You know, this is not like, oh, but we're only just reviewing cheeseburgers. Right. So we'll get it through and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure there's Bon Appetit is now listening to me like, excuse me, <laughs> reviewing cheeseburgers is an art, but you get it. Um, especially now. Right. In these difficult times um, where we are literally covering black men at a time where the world is rioting over the death of a black man also performative in many ways i'm sorry to say 
I don't believe that the majority of the people who are protesting George Floyd's death are truly going to contribute to systemic changes that prevent people from George, like George Floyd from being killed. Mm -hmm. Don't believe that. Yeah, I've been uh, reading the message boards uh, from the town that I used to live in. Um, And so the other day, there was massive honking outside the office window. Mm-hmm. And I know you were on the way. Mm-hmm. I was in the honking. Right. So I'm I'm afraid there's an accident. Like, so I end up calling you like, what's going on? You, you basically tell me there's a huge car protest going on. I think that can only happen in the midst of a pandemic, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching, I look out the window and it's car after car after car just blaring their horns and BM, BLM uh, posters in the windows and all these different things. All white folks. All white folks. I go to the message board. And somebody posted an article from the local paper where they pulled the town's policing um, statistics from 2016. Mm -hmm. And the statistics basically laid out that if you are black in this town, Mm -hmm. you are 490% more likely to have not just an interaction with the police, an altercation with the police. And the apologetics in that thread did not mirror what was in the street. Mm. It was why is well why are they pulling such old data because right because this stuff is so easily and readily that data available. comes out every six months right um, it was somebody literally said well just because there's an altercation doesn't mean it's racist four hundred and ninety percent and then there was somebody so then and there was somebody I'd love to know what the stats are with white cops and black cops in that town and then there was a. Um, compliance comment. Mm. If you if they comply, if they oh, comply, right. so all the things are in this thread. Right. Um, and what is surprising to me is this is a Facebook thread. This isn't, you know, eggs on Twitter saying whatever. People are comfortable with their face and their full name uh-huh. in a small town. Yep. Where so I've lived in this town. I lived in this town for I want to say six years. Back when I was Tinder swiping. I would swipe and bump into the person I swiped Yikes. at CVS. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a big space. Mm-hmm. So to talk cash shit on a page, it's not like doing it in Brooklyn. No. You're fine with being seen. You're fine with being known exactly where you stand. Not me. Not if I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, you mean here? Here. And those people have BLM posters. Yeah. Now BLM posters on your front lawn are what my mom saw black shop owners doing in 1968 in Newark. When they would spray paint, I'm black. I'm black too. Mm-hmm. Um, on their store. Right now, <clears throat> BLM and the black squares and all that stuff, it's the new safety pin. Right. Um, Except it's exploded. So wait, let me clarify before we go any further mm-hmm. that I am in full 100,000 million trillion percent supportive of blm and everything they stand for in their movement Mm -hmm. i want them to get all the coins possible and then get more coins on top of that get your bookkeeping in order make sure everything's straight great let's start there um but some of the support feels performative does it matter um for me it doesn't matter if there's a check if you give if you're giving a check to a good cause to be seen not? under a check, what if what they're doing is if there's a check involved and you're doing because to me that's the bare minimum of work. Okay, here's some cash. Okay, if you're doing that just to be seen and whatever else, 
I'll make that exchange with you. That's a transaction. That's fine. Okay. Uh, um, the BLM bumper sticker with no way to verify or show that you're doing anything besides lip service. That's clearly a problem for me. So where our our office is in this small town that you're talking about. Yes. And when I walk to the Starbucks, I cross over the street and there's a big, relatively big house right directly across the street. Mm -hmm. And they have taken, they have posters and they are affixed to every panel of their fence Mm -hmm. going down the street. So the first panel is like, we love everybody. And the next one is blah, blah, blah. It just goes on and on and on. It gets more and more militant as you go down the street. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the last one says Black Lives Matter. Right. It is... Well, but if you're walking the other way, it just seems like you're right. really Exactly. Soft. You're going from Black Lives Matter to, we like you, sort of. <laughs> um, so it is, to me, if that's more than a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. So there's this, like, a, a lot of... I hate the word nuance. I swear to God, I do. But there's a lot of nuance and what's going on this happening. Because mm-hmm. what they did, they live in a very high tra- traffic area. This is a very busy street. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to see that as mm-hmm. they're driving back and forth. And they obviously are doing that because they want people to see it. Sure. Um, it's more than a bumper sticker to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else they're doing. This could be all they're doing. They could not give one silver dollar to BLM. Right. So that's part of what's making this so head-turning and complicated because I'm like, uh, you got a bumper sticker. I don't know what the hell that means. You have a fence. Okay, but you have a t-shirt, but your baby has on a onesie that says Black Lives Matter. It's just, so it's this, a lot. This is why I make the comparison to the safety pin thing. And for those of you who don't remember, um, the safety pin, if you want to call it a movement, popped up around the, I want to say the Carolina church shootings. Um, no, I felt like it was before then. It was in that year. It was in that range. Um, and white folks started wearing safety pins to show that they were quote unquote safe. The problem with that is a, it's performative. Like they were selling safety pins on Etsy for like a hundred dollars, yeah. like silver ones and gold ones. And like, I'm gonna be cute. Yep. Must all that other bullshit. Just like masks. Um, right. Uh, so the problem with that is a, it requires no work to look cute. B, there were a lot of folks throwing on safety pins who weren't safe. Right. Who were just doing this to either slide by or to fuck somebody up. Yep. Um, and I think that is the concern now with the rhetoric that's happening with white folks. Um, private feels, for lack of a better phrase, fashion forward. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it does feel like, hey, don't fuck up my shit. I'm one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Or at least I'm a, I'm play cool. Don't, mm-hmm. don't bust out my windows. And... There's a part of it that feels like, especially I look at this message board, somebody in that message board who's talking this shit about, you know, the statistics and this isn't accurate, this isn't fair, whatever. They're BLM. They were in that. Yeah, they that, were. And that, and that they were in that line with their kids, honking, honking, honking. So, Absolutely. So one of the first things I did as all this started coming up was I, on Twitter and Facebook, I said to my white folks, be as supportive as you can be. But know that we're going to be skeptical. And just because you're doing this stuff right now doesn't mean that we trust you anymore, that we owe you shit, Mm -hmm. that we're going to do shit for you, Mm -hmm. any of that. If you're going to do it, do it. But know that for now, and probably for (laughs) period, 
don't look to us to pat you on the back and hold you up, even though there's going to be something that we do or something have there. Do. Have you seen images or scenes or videos or read things that did make you want to pat somebody on the back? No, because I feel like there's a lot of this that is just. None of your white friend check-ins. I th- I feel like it's it's and the hard part about being in these positions is you're still a, if you have been the most positive white person in the world, there's still an accountability to the mass. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way as a man, I can say and do all the things I want to do to be a feminist, to be about women's safety, to be about whatever. Mm-hmm. As a cishet man. I don't garner, I don't deserve more trust because of what I'm doing in particular because the pool is dangerous. I'm not saying trust. I'm saying have there, a lot of black folks that I know have been having these moments where they're like, God damn it, kind of these moments of feeling, so liking what they're seeing. Like there's this one picture of this kid who's been doing a protest every day. He lives in like rural Oklahoma or something. Mm Mm-hmm. This baby has a one-person protest every day. Mm-hmm. He just has his little Black Lives Matter. He's probably 10. Mm-hmm. And he just walks up and down the street back and forth. Somebody mm-hmm. took a picture of him and posted it up. I, I got the feels. I got the feels over the one boy protest. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Some of the things that I have read or seen mm-hmm. have made me be like, in a way that I would not have in the past. I saw a video of a white teenager basically giving her parents the business because and she had stats she had everything because mm. they were trying to talk about looting and rioting and if they would mm-hmm. blah, blah, and she mm-hmm. was like hitting them left and right hitting mm-hmm. them left and right for me personally all this is to get back to zero right, so there's no so for me i it's nice to see but it's not m- moving, moving me it's not tugging at my heartstrings it's not okay. doing that stuff rod who we haven't mentioned in a while rod and karen hey mm-hmm. what's up guys mm-hmm. um rod has started a new segment where he sort of jokingly um, invites uh, the white folks to their cookout for, as he says, doing the bare minimum. For doing the bare minimum. Um, so the young lady who was giving her parents a business cookout. Right. Um, what's the name? Was that uh, the BLM protest um, that you still don't believe was actually there? I don't believe he was actually there. Um, Mitch, Mitch Mitt no, Romney. No, Mitt Romney. I was about to say Mitch McConnell. That would never happen. No. Uh, Mitt Romney. Um, it's all bare minimum stuff. Roger Goodell saying, hey, we did actually fuck oh, up. that uh, doesn't do anything. The me. kneeling protests. Right. Like those things don't move. No, I'm talking because about. Because at, at best, only thing that's happening right now is that white people are saying, oh, yeah, we, we fucked up. Okay. So Great. now we're at zero. Right. No, no, we're not even at zero yet. Just acknowledging that y'all have been fucking up. That's like me. That's like me hitting, I'm sorry, trigger warning. Me assaulting a woman every day. Mm-hmm. And 10 years down the line, I say, I'm sorry. Oh, about that. I didn't realize that right. I really was. And oh, my. Yeah. I don't. That it's don't like what we anything. talked about. I think I mentioned it on this podcast or maybe it was one another one i don't mm-hmm. know but the malcolm x quote about the knife in the back right you can't bring it out three couple inches, inches three right. inches and think progress like right. no mm-hmm. you can't even take it out you have right. to heal it and we're so far from that it's and, still in the knife is still in right and and for whatever encouragement white people are getting now know that it's not about the encouragement 
You right. don't take that as bonus. You don't. This isn't a fair exchange. You don't deserve acknowledgement for doing things and correcting your mistakes. Well, not hearing back from this woman who tried to send me the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that oh, I love your work and you're so great and I want you to write for us mm-hmm. and me saying I can't and then her not responding at all, particularly when I give her the names of three women that I think could handle the piece. Mm-hmm. That to me tells me all I need to know about feeling warmly about let me do something. Right. And I think this is especially the case with media because media is, I think has in some ways the biggest eyeballs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, even going back to um, the German publication or French publication that reached out to me about um, running while black and how fucked up that was and me writing an entire article based on that request, sending it to them right. and never hearing from them again. Right. Um, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. There's so, no discourse. Mm-hmm. There's no real idea exchange. She's not even pretending right. like she's going to put on the three women that deserve to be there. And with the counter being what with me on Twitter, right. where it was tweet comes down full length, like, oh, I didn't realize. And thank you for bringing some. Now, I wish that wasn't a DM. I wish that was an actual tweet. Yeah. But. There's something there. There's an acknowledgement. Well, with there. him, I have to admit that after we looked him up and saw what he did, and we won't say those things sure. now, but I did feel like, oh, okay, this is someone who just recognizes like that he was he could have gotten cancer, right? Because I'm sure he looked you up, right. and also who I know, right? And also, if I first. don't think, oh, right, I don't know if he responds the same way. If he doesn't look you up and see that you're a writer, right? Now you write in if black, I don't have a blue black check. spaces, that you have a blue check, all that shit, right? I don't know if he comes back at you the way he did, right? He sees and that I wrote about dude for level correct two weeks ago, exactly. And he's, so he's he, like, oh shit, he'll be the next one on the summer jam right. screen, exactly. So and that's fine, right. that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but real progress is the person who's an egg says, hey, that was fucked up, and he responds that same way, right? That's not gonna happen, right? You still, he still feels like there's certain black people mm-hmm. that he has to get right with. Right. Not all of them. Right. And again, it may not, like you said, it might not even about, been about getting right with me. It's about getting right with who I'm adjacent to. Of course. Because I look at my, I look at who follows me and who I follow on Twitter. And every now and then I'm like, how the fuck did this mm-hmm. happen? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. And he, he peeps all that. That's right. what he was doing for them 15 minutes. He wasn't writing for all the minutes. <laughs> He's a writer. He was looking and thinking and oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still appreciate what he said and he still said some things that made sense. I still think he did learn things mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But okay. the real thing at hand was fuck. Cause he works adjacent to our spaces too. Right. So, so and that's why I also go back to. And had a very woke comment. I mean, post pinned. pinned to his page. And that's why I go back to, I don't care what your motivation is. Just do what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if your fear of me writing about you is the reason that you did X, Y, and Z. That's fine. And now I'm looking at your feed because if you fuck up I'm again, watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. So I need to see what was in that DM. I need to see that played out in public. Right. Like so, but another, that, another fucked up joke and there's not going to be a right. reply tweet. So, But the thing that upsets me with these types of things is that fuck whatever the hell he said on Twitter if he makes jokes like that on Twitter, what's, what's his hiring? Fuck home. Mm. What's his hiring practices? Uh, right. Is he putting you on? 
What's his real, true, I know I'm good I mean, inside. The, the, the good but... news about that is we can look that up. No, we can't. Not for his particular. He No, not really. I can see, we can see who's on his. his well, he's I, a again, writer. I got to be careful. I want to still be careful. Yeah, about... but he's not in a position of. We, right, right. Well, it's not true, right, in right. a way that we can look it up. Right, but right. He's right. still in I'm thinking that. he's higher up than what he is. No, he's not. But still, mm-hmm. the point is, he will be. Mm-hmm. And those kind of jokes are what make you feel a certain way about folks. Right. Because that means when you walk in, he sees somebody who will be kneeling on the floor with Cole Haan air bubbles on next to Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. And you're a joke. And it's funny. So that's the part. I know he can come back to you and DM you and tell you I was wrong. Right. But what is he really like? What I want, actually, here's what I want to see him do. I want to see, and again, his position right now may not, it may not make sense right now. But as he progresses, I want to see him have a black person in the room right. to get in his face and say, no, nah, we're not doing that. That's, right. no, nah, that's fucked who up. Who is in the room? Right. I have a because friend nobody who... has no most Most everybody has nobody in the room. I'm talking about no. media. I'm talking about higher ups. I'm talking about the oi ploy, regular folks. The folks who should have somebody in the room. They don't have anybody. They don't have anybody in the room. They don't. They don't have anybody in the room. So that's what takes me back to the original discussion. Is this the time for motherfuckers to be like, hey, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Do you have a BLM sign on your house? Right. Okay. Is this your office? Okay. Well, I'm here. Right. I'm here now. So I'm in the room. What's up? Columbus holy shit. (laughs) Right. So I don't know if. So what if. What if. What if. Like what if I decide. Okay. This is the time. I've been meaning to do this XYZ job. Mm-hmm. I'm here now. I want to do this XYZ job. Am I going to have that job a year from now? Hmm. I mean, that's the other part. So I think. Am I going to be able to bring somebody else in? So I think as black people, we take what's available, what you want now. It's not about the future. It should be about the future. No, I don't mind whether or not why someone does it. No, no. But I I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, just in terms of being forward thinking. Right. Acknowledge the fact that this is a grab. Right. This is not systemic change. Right. This is not. You're going to get into some folks are get in some of these spaces and realize they don't want to be. They don't even want to be there. Because these spaces are toxic. And just because mm-hmm. you're in the space mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's a space that's for you. Yeah. I remember so, in 1999, I was at the source and Teen People was a new magazine and it was the hot shit. Mm-hmm. People magazine. This is, this is pre-woke. Pre-woke. Yes. One point one. Wait, pre-woke for who? Teen People. Pre-woke Teen People? Teen People has had some. No, that's Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue. I'm sorry. Teen okay. People is done. Teen People right, right. went away a long time ago. So Teen People comes out and at the time People magazine is like 1.2 million circulation or something crazy. Seen people comes out it's huge they poach uh the entertainment editor from vibe and this is a girl who went to hbcu all black spaces the whole bit everybody's doing cheers for her like Mm -hmm. one of us made it and she's putting us on sending us out signing stories to people whatever she's miserable Mm -hmm. like she came from vibe where it's like you walk in and it's just a warm hug every day um not perfect but whatever it's still Mm -hmm. all your people and she's now in a very, 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 very white space. And it's very technical and it's very mm-hmm. political. It's Time Inc. It's, she's miserable. She doesn't want to leave because I made it. Right. I'm here. Like, and you're a gatekeeper. And I'm the If I step out, who comes who's in? Who's coming in behind me? This girl does. <laughs> so I'm one of her writers. I come up one day to talk about writing and she says, I got to get out of here. Like a slave. I'm like, okay, I'm quitting. Okay. I need you to apply for this job. 
Why? Because somebody else has to be here. You it's to. your turn. I was like, but I'm at the source. <laughs> it's not an opportunity. That's a burden. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, seriously, you have to. You need that time ink on your resume. You need team people in your resume. Whatever. I got to go. She Now, mind you, she's not going up someplace. Oh, just away. She's going back to vibe. Right. Old job, same salary. That's what I'm saying. Everything. It's a rotation. It's she's your like, turn. Mm-mm, I got to get out of here. I'm I did my back. bid. You got to so do So I was like, I thought she was going up higher at team people. Right. I'm going back to vibe. <laughs> now you got to leave the source and come here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, she was like, how much do you make? I said, I make 30000 You get 50000 here. Oh, Okay. I uh, apply for the job. I had to go through all the things. I get the job. And I realized that there was no way I was going to be there. There's just no way. It just felt so antiseptic and mm-hmm. so fake. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like people couldn't have a real conversation. I would have spent my entire time there being afraid of saying the wrong thing. Like, right. I'm used to, hey, what's up? How are you feeling? And, and the answer back to me should be true. Right. That, that's just what I'm expecting. And that wasn't the case there. So I told my boss at the source that I got the job. I wasn't sure what to do. He asked me how much they were paying me. He gave me the same amount, maybe a little bit more. And that was it. I didn't go. Um, Again, acknowledging that he had it, they had it in the pocket to give it to you in the first place. Of course. So I just jumped up $20,000. He never looked up. Right. Didn't look up. Like, okay, fine. So I got to stay there. Um, but my point is, those gatekeeper positions are so important. But why do we, who has to do that? Like, why does anybody want to? The point is that what you said, you might, y'all might get into these spaces and realize, I don't even want to be here. Right. I can't imagine a mainstream space that I'm and, going and to more, over-level. More to the point, they didn't actually want you there either. No, they did not. No, they did no. not. And that's why I looked. That's why I thought it was weird. I felt so cookie cutter. She and I joke about today and then that I could have started my first day. Nobody would have noticed. Mm-hmm. They would have thought I was her. Look nothing alike. And that's why I look at you and everybody at level.medium.com. And I'm mm-hmm. envious mm-hmm. Um, because it is a space with um, punching power behind it and weight behind it mm-hmm. and resources behind it mm-hmm. that is blackity black. Yep. And... I've seen the the home runs and the struggles of what happens, at least secondhand, mm-hmm. of what happens in there, and it's even at and its firsthand and firsthand. Um, but even but the the firsthand parts for me aren't me being in the room or being oh, a no. part of it. No, no, no. But just so, as a writer, right? Um, and I mean, in terms of being staff there right. and being the day to day workings of this thing, mm-hmm. it's amazing to watch because. We always talk about having space and room as black creatives to fuck up mm-hmm. and to fail and to have to post something that's just mediocre and just yeah. like, eh, we, we tried and it didn't right. work, whatever else. Right. And Level, I think, might be one of the only spaces where I've seen that come to light for black people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, like I said, I've had a piece that didn't hit and didn't end up not going out because it just fell flat on his face. And any place else, I'm off the roster. Mm. A lot of places I'm off the roster. Mm. A lot of places I'm off the roster. Okay. Um, because I've had spaces where I was doing decent work and just ended up off the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see the space to just try shit out right. and to do it in a space where folks aren't made to struggle for the freedom. Right. 
there's I don't know how much that is level as an entity as it is the people that just managed to end up becoming the staff there. Well, that doesn't happen by accident either, though. No, it doesn't. So there's, it there's a lot of things that don't happen by accident. There's medium saying, hey, we want to try this. Right. Which... Which is a thing. Which is a thing. Actually, it wasn't that. It was Jermaine saying, hey, medium, you should try this. Somebody, somebody at medium had to say, you know what, that makes sense. Right. And right, because this is... this is Correct. This wasn't their brainchild. No. Which is important to Correct. acknowledge. It was not. But they still have to say, oh, this is something that makes sense. Even if it's just financially. Correct. Which is a big sell for black of anything. Course. Well, this is going to make it. Right. Just, so to get past that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jermaine and like one, like you're, you're employee number one. Mm-hmm. And then everybody that comes after that. Mm-hmm. You have to build that room. Yeah. And you have to bring in the people. Oh, Jermaine knows how to build a room. Right. Yeah. Those, for that ass. Those things don't happen on a regular basis. Right. There aren't. The reason that Level is doing what it's doing is because there's literally nothing else like it. Right. There isn't a... Well, there's never been anything for the, men a of middle, color. Middle-aged middle, men of color? Never. We are, Not for any men of color, in any age. Once, especially in especially uh, in media spaces, once black folks are out of trend-setting age, we get put on the shelf. It's mm-hmm. like, there's a rap. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the, the advent of you know 40-year-old rappers, we never thought we'd see this. Right. Because and now fifty year old rappers, right? Because right. it's not about y'all anymore, right? So to have a space that's doing cutting edge, great work, based on black men my age and up, mm-hmm. that's not a regular thing. No, it's not. I mean, there was Ebony Man. Do you remember Ebony Man? Uh, vaguely. Ebony Magazine had Ebony Junior, mm-hmm. and they had Ebony Man for a while. Um, didn't do really well. Then there was a magazine called Code in the '90s for black men. I think I remember Code. Yeah, that didn't last mm-hmm. super long. But it's not a it's not an audience that is. And again, to. you're talking about doing that during print, which is even harder, of course, to to get through. Of course, like the half of I think levels uh, opportunity was the fact that this is the web era, right. like in terms of journalism and writing. Of course. Um, but yeah, it's just. There's not any other spaces like this. I just know that I need, that I want to see whatever journalists, young journalists and young writers, whatever they think they see around them that means maybe there's a space for me here. God forbid they don't feel like there's a space for them at Level or at any other, um, or at Zora or any other place that's literally there for them. I don't want that. I don't want this time period that we're in. Mm -hmm. To make young writers feel like, okay, well, maybe I can go write for Vanity Fair. Like, that might be uh, the case. But right. God forbid you trying to get there when we mm-hmm. have opportunities for you here, but just are overwhelmed right. and not really on top of pitches the way we should be. Well, this also goes back to, well, there's two parts to that. One, the reason that you have the volume of pitches and things that you do is because there's not enough of you. Right. There's not enough publications like this. Of course. It's, it, like, yeah, that's of course. the hardest part. Right. The other part to what you're saying is... Young writers, young anything, old anything, needs to understand that this, whatever opportunities are sitting there, are sitting there for right now. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're saying, well, I'm going to write for GQ next year based off of these last three weeks, you're going to get your heart broke. So go try to write for GQ now? That's my point. I'm asking. Yeah. Swing it. Go for it. See what happens. uh, But again, this is relative to your talent. So then that comes back to... Pitching, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of those people who are going to try to pitch 
places because they feel like this is the time, mm-hmm. their pitches are going to suck because pitching is an art. Right. And you can't just sit up here and tell me, like, you sit right there. I'll tell you 10 publications that make sense for you to pitch mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. with your level of... We'll do that off the air. <laughs> appreciate that. Of what you're what you want to write about, right. what you're capable of writing for, mm-hmm. the different places and, you know, writers of color and how they fare at those places, whatever. Right. Um, and GQ and GQ and SY would be on my list for you, those mm-hmm. 10 places. But lots of people, it wouldn't. Like, like pitching GQ or Esquire when you've never written, when you haven't been published, mm-hmm. don't even, I, I can't even really help you well, look, if you haven't been published. The general rules of, that's the other part too, the general rules of pitching or whatever the process is for your particular art form or your particular business, those haven't been eradicated. Those no, pipelines are still those pipelines. Of course. And, and those protocols still exist. And you course. have to kind of measure yourself based on those things. Of course. Now, you and may reach out a little might farther. Not be doing that. I think you might be able to reach out a little farther than you would have prior to this. But it's not a, you're not doubling up. It's, it's a 10% swing in your favor at this you point. You still have to have read right. three to six months. Mm-hmm of GQ before you pitch. Right. So all this Negro and Vogue stuff, mm-hmm. that's great, but it doesn't automatically make it so that you can pitch a place that you haven't read. This is the epitome of stay ready to get ready. Yeah. This is all yeah. the, this is the months that you were looking at doing that Correct. and preparing to do it. Absolutely. Now's the time to execute it. Absolutely. Now's not the time to begin the process. The, now it's time to execute the thing you've been sitting on. Right. Um, for sure. I agree with that. And now is not the time to be like, ooh, so all the mainstream magazines are going to be giving out right. awards? I know what I can do. No, you don't. Right. You still got to know the magazine backward and forward. You still have to know all the editors there. You still have to know who's a columnist and who's a writer. I still keep getting um, pitches for Dear Level. And I'm like, you see my name on it every single week. Right. Probably not the best. Um, Jaylani, that does not apply to you because you did write a Dear Level, so you get to pitch Dear Levels. And I saw your Dear Level pitches. I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. But, <laughs> but for the rest of y'all, no. Right. Why you keep pitching Dear Level when you see only one name there and Jaylani Turner-Williams' name? Don't. Um, I'm seeing really elementary. Um, I want to do a Q&A with Tyler Perry type stuff. Right. I want to do a Q&A with Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Like we, I got that pitch last week. We had just assigned, because he has a movie coming out. Just We had just assigned a piece to Nelson George. Like, Nelson George is who Level gets to do a Q&A with Spike Lee, sir, who pitched me a Q&A with Spike Lee. Like, stop. Like, think about, look at what a Level Q is and see who the person is and who the writer is. And you'll see that they're matched up pretty equally. Right. So, you don't, you have two clips, one of which is from your college paper, and you're asking me if you could do a 5,000 word with Spike Lee. The, the other thing I... Sorry to that, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a real thing. And right. I didn't respond. And that's not nice for me to bring and, him up and here. And not to get too into weeds on this. But the other thing I realized, too, when it comes to pitching um, Q&As is that you, you as don't. a writer have to... First of all, you as a writer have to have access to this person. Correct. Because um, I pitched a Q&A. That's not first of all. First of all is don't do it. Well, I didn't. Second of all is... If you are going to do it, have access. Right. I didn't. <laughs> well. And I had the access. They just passed. There you go. Right. But first, no. You can do it because you are a level writer. You write for level. Mm. I'm talking about if right. you've never write, written and you're pitching me and I don't know you from a hole in the wall. Right. Don't pitch me a Q&A with anybody. Just don't. Unless it's your mom. 
and she's big and famous. Felicia Rashad's your mom? Okay, fine. Let's do a Q&A on America's mom. But, like, no. 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 Yeah. There's the, the, this moment still has its limitations. Some of them fair and some of them unfair, I think is what that comes down to. Um, there's a level of reality that comes with the current events that don't go away because of white guilt. Right. Um, and some of them shouldn't. Right. Um, other ones, yeah, shoot your shot. I have noticed, I wrote about this on Facebook, that I have some good white people in my life. That's the name of the show. Good white people? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a if it's a thing that I made up or if it's a thing that people say, but if I go to the movies and it's sort of like a, a certain kind of movie, I'll say, oh, this is a GWM. Do, do people say that? A movie with a good white man? I I've never I, heard of that before. Yeah, so some movies... Savior movies is, is, I think, what we call them. I So there's white savior movies. White savior movies. There's impossible white man movies. Impossible white man. Magical Negro Magical movies. Negro. So mine is GWM, mm-hmm. which just means there's a good white man. Right. has to be a good white man in order for any of this to happen. He's a teacher in the inner city who right. gets Jerome Correct. to college. Correct. Um, Community college. Or even a movie that centers <laughs> black people, but we just need the GWM right. to make it happen. Black Panther. Like Black Panther. Exactly. Because um, we got to make sure that the GWMs the, in the theater. It's probably one of the only criticisms of Black Panthers that they had to slide. They had in. to have a GWM. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't mad at that one though. I'm not mad at it, it, but just the fact that because I mean, it wasn't very more, centered. There's more egregious and ugly ones, but you know, yeah. So Didn't shoot, need, why was yeah. I talking about GWMs and movies with GWMs in it? What were we just talking about? I can't remember. Anyway, um, I feel like. If this time, this is not, it's not going to, this is, we'll see. There's going to be some upsides and there's going to be some hurt feelings is the bottom line to me. Um, there's going to be some folks who get some opportunities out of this and that's great. And there's going to be those of us who realize that not that much has changed. Get the guilt money now, get the guilt opportunity now because it's not going to be there long term. Do you want that money? Yeah. You want to work for places that don't really want you, knowing that there'll be a time where they won't answer your calls and they'll use your labor to continue on with, okay, we got through it. Nobody threw a Molotov cocktail into Hearst Publications because of her who got minimum wage to be here. I'm fine being used if we're using each other. What if you're being used and you're not even being used for what you're worth? Um, that's still usury to me. To some it's an exchange. You want me right now. I want this check right now, and I want to be able to say that I have this byline right now. And if that's where it begins and ends, that's fine. Don't sell me on the idea that this is going to be some systemic change and it's a new day for you and everything else. Let me just live in a space where I'm going to write this one piece for you, and you're not going to return my email, and life goes on. The problem for me is the promise of the future, right. not the opportunism of now. Right. Because whether whatever white publication it is, for better or worse, having that one byline gives me a little bit more play to whatever I end up doing down the line. I remember when I was writing for HuffPo, and HuffPo, in hindsight, was bullshit. Mm. But folks were like, oh, you're writing for HuffPo, and it got me writing for NBC BLK when it launched. Mm -hmm. And it got me other things down Mm -hmm. the line. Mm -hmm. Um, if, If both sides of the table are honest about what this is, or even if it's not honest, if you if both sides know what this is, 
do what you got to do. But don't get into these things thinking that you're going to be writing for X publication for the next but year the thing or five is, years. I think that by definition, they are going to have to pretend like this is systemic change. Yes. Not, no one's going to be like, um, I'll let you write two stories and then we're never going to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. If you know what it is right. and you're comfortable with it, do the things. Don't go in there with rose-colored glasses on. Some, or th- rose-colored th- dress on. Well, you always got a rose-colored something on. <laughs> um. Wait, sidebar. I, I, I am going to soon be able to get my hair done. Mm-hmm. And you told me, you gave me some very good advice. Don't be the beta. Don't be the beta or the alpha. Beta. Beta. Um, As in a beta test. Right, Don't, beta don't test. be the canary in the coal mine. Right. And uh, make an appointment for two weeks after they open. To... I, w- I wanted to say a month, but I know that's not going to happen. So. Because I'm, I'm already seeing spikes from folks that have been open from a I month know, ago. I know. So the writing's already on the wall. Those are nail salons, not hair salons. It, it, it's the same air and it's the same proximity. And that was, and I'm talking about that one nail salon. I'm saying other multiples of places are seeing spikes. I know. So we already, so we, maybe we, we really just, already know what it is. Until there's an outdoor hair salon, there's never going to be an outdoor hair salon. Until there's an outdoor hair salon or a barber shop, we're taking chances. The question becomes, how quickly do you want to take the chance? Do you want to be the spear tip that shows everybody else, like, oh no, no I'm not going to do this, or do you want to just hold back and wait? I want to hold back and wait. I feel like there's a button there. But. So what I was thinking was, <laughs> as I scroll through my phone, um, I have to get my hair done. I, I'm just dying. I, I've been wearing head wraps and all kinds of things for like months now. I I have never gone this long without my hair being done. Since ever, the problem is none of us were prepared for how long this was going to be. We prepped very, if we knew this was going to be four months, we'd have prepped very differently. You might have got your Caesar for the next four months, and I'm going to show you what I, what I would have done if I knew it was going to be this long. I am passing him my phone with <sighs> some butt length twists. The shave size that I had a couple of years ago. Can I do that instead of getting my hair done? Sure, ahead. I've I've told you that I just don't want to choke to death in the you, middle. Well, of the night. What if I promise you that you won't? Some dude is getting you- all the ass with these very twists right here, and he never choked. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying, they've already proven to be punani proof. I'm not worried about punani proof. I'm worried about sleep proof. As I always tie my hair up at night. Like I wasn't just slapping, twist around all night long. You already take three fifths of the bed. Hmm. Your hair is another three fifths. Yeah, your hair is already another fifth of the bed. So really, that's it. That's not. It's not the look that troubles you. It's the logistics. It's the practicality of it. The look to me is fine. The practicality of it, I just... It was totally fine. I wore my hair up when I went to sleep. It never bothered anybody. And it was fine. Okay. The, my only problem is 
going to the hair salon is an hour and a half mm-hmm. of risk. Mm-hmm. Getting my hair done, hair braided is 10 hours of risk mm-hmm. with like five other people and five other people getting their hair done. Mm-hmm. So... How long can you rock a mask? Not that um, long. Not 10 hours. No, I barely can rock one for 20 minutes. I know. But that's what I want. All right. Is there a world where somebody comes and does it? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can get a test for them. I gotta, what, what am I going to do? Take their temperature? We got a cleaning lady coming in every week, so we're kind of past that point anyway. That's not 10 hours of me sitting in her lap. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other show. I don't know what just happened there. That's someone that I walk past while I'm leaving <laughs> right. and she's wearing a mask Laying and cleaning in my house and, and shooting off Nerf guns, mm-hmm. except she doesn't. Um, that's all I got. That's I have to get my hair done. And I know I I know it sounds it sounds it sounds terrible that that's something that I'm placing that much on. But I'm just, I'm done. I've just looked over a bunch of hairstyles that I've had, and all of them are pretty much mine for the taking, and that's the only one I want. I know you don't want this. I am passing him a picture of me. Where, yeah, no. <laughs> wearing, no. I'm going to say the diameter is about three eight, feet. Eight inches? Diameter. Around? No, diameter. No. Uh, radius? Diameter, radius, three, about three feet. No, it's not three feet. Yeah. Inches? No. The length of your hair might have been eight inches. The diameter would be about three feet. Oh, right. No, you're right. I know. Um, I'm half. It's, it's, It's a lot. It's a lot. The main thing I've said to you is I don't like hair that takes over the person. I agree. Like when your hair is your personality. And my hair was definitely my personality. Your hair had a name. Yes, it did. Yeah, no. Not this either? Mm-mm. It's so much more manageable. I don't care about it being managed. I'm talking about how it's swallowing up your face. I don't see you. I see your hair. I like seeing you. Oh, that's sweet. You don't like seeing this. Because what I have going on on the top of my head right now is an absolute... It's been such a slow progression that I don't notice it as much as you notice it. I just need you to see the front. Yeah, okay. More super long braids. They're twists. They're not braids. Okay. Well, I can't tell from that photo. Anyway, that's it. Um, my hair is really troubling me. It's a, it's it's not my personality, but it is part of me. Mm-hmm. And I like it to look a certain way, which is done. I feel you. And it's getting hot for head wraps and shit, too. God, I'm so tired of fucking head wraps. I am so over head wraps. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm done. And my hair is not uh, manageable at all. There's nothing that I can do to it except tie it up. That's it. So if you uh, have the Corona antibody and braid hair and happen to be in the New Jersey area. <laughs> no, you don't have to be in the New Jersey area. I will book to you. Shoot me an email at. Um, oh, also as a reminder, if folks are 
have made it this far. Uh, Aaliyah, Why wouldn't they? Well, true. Aaliyah is still in the market for a virtual assistant. So you can email uh, a LinkedIn link and just a short, super brief thing about who you are and what you do to Mully, M-U-L-L-Y, Incorporated at Gmail. Uh, I'm forwarding over the first batch of resumes um, to Aaliyah, I believe, later on today, actually. And helping her find... Shares. And helping, okay, and helping her find uh, an assistant. Please, um, please help me. You'll like it. <laughs> I'm really fair and kind. I would say fair isn't something that folks like. No, fair is helpful, but it's not like, oh, she said she's fair. Let me get this out to her right now. I like, would. <laughs> fair means a lot to me. Just be fair. Time. I feel like that's the same as like talk, always, all the talk we did about white folks doing the bare minimum. Fair is a bare minimum. Fair that's all bare, I can promise you. Fair is a bare minimum. Fair and a paycheck is about all you've said you got right now. So much going on, Shane. Mm-hmm. I don't even feel like I'm engaged. <sighs> because normally, if a woman is engaged, and a man for that matter, it's like top line yeah, of all the memos. There's time to bask. Yeah. And it's just like every time somebody talks to you, that's the mm-hmm. first thing they ask. Did you start planning the wedding? When is the date? What are you doing? Hey. I, I literally no proposed to you in the middle of a pandemic yes. and 17 black people being murdered. Yes. So here we are. So I don't. It's understandable. do not contact me. Like if my friends hit me up, it's always like murder, right. George Floyd, mm-hmm. global pandemic, antibodies, mm-hmm. Maisie. Then they're like, wait, aren't you getting married? And I'm like, yeah, oh, I think so. You actually reminded me of something. Um, so this happens to me every time there is a big race-related thing happening. People think your name is Sean King. That too. I have to, well, I haven't had to put up not Sean King on Twitter lately. He's, he's been quiet for you the moment. Mark the race <laughs> relations in the world by that. A little bit. Um, if you are following me or if you're if you're a facebook friend or if you're following me i don't need you to send me the new video or the new meme or the underground thing that i need to help go viral or um on uh donald trump's birthday we're all going to post pictures of obama Oof. Oof. did that happen i don't know i don't know um <laughs> I think maybe everybody gets this to some degree. I feel like I get it a little bit more based on the things that I say and write. Uh, I'm good. And I don't say that, I mean, I don't say that to be um, to disregard or anything like that. It's just there's a certain capacity that I have on a day to day just to maintain mental health and happiness and everything else. Of course. And part of my day is already spent looking at these things to figure out if there's a story I've actually had to not write two things just because I realized I didn't need to write two things, even though I felt like people were expecting me to write mm-hmm. things. Um, I'm seeing all the same things you guys are. And when you inject it into my DMs and emails or anything else, you're actually jumping into space that in space and time that I'm trying to come off of those messages. So help me out. Just I don't even think it's just you. I think in general, we could all be kinder to each other by mm-hmm. going a little... 
I think I think, think about, we all get it. I think I get it. I think I get a couple ticks more because. Yeah, no, I'm. I know you do. I don't get that at all. But I think it's good for all of us to rethink how we send those messages. Mm. Um, I block people who send me those. Like, I don't even check to see how I know them. I just block them. I just stop actually opening the messages. I don't block people. I just know this person does this all the time. And then usually I can see like the first like make this go viral. I'm like, I'm good. Did you see this video? I'm good. So yeah, just give yourself a break. Of, give yourself a break too. Also, DMing people these things is I try to think of it as when I knock on this person's door right. to tell them this mm-hmm. if they lived around the corner. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna make that track, knock on the door and say, Hey, we're doing this with Trump? You wouldn't. Right. Now, if it says this day everybody who's black gets a hundred dollars and you know it's real, sure, you might walk over and say, I think I heard about this. But for the most part, if you wouldn't knock on my door and tell me about it, you probably shouldn't DM it to Also, me the key to that statement is, and it's real. And it's real. Because. It's so easy to start with just, have you been given this information from a photo and a screen grab or a link? That's and the best way to start. And screen grab. I've, I've, I've screen grabbed publications that I may not want to amplify. Right. But it's coming from, you you'll see, see where it's, it's coming, it's coming from. from. Correct. Um, Although I would prefer that you didn't do that at all. Well, I've done it on, not in DMs. Okay. I've tweeted and shared things like okay. this came from here and okay. I don't want to amplify or at them to give them the benefit of being added. Okay. But when you do that, you're not sharing information. You're not telling people, hey guys, this is where the thing is. You're just no, saying, look at this shit. No I, w- no, I do. That's my point. So if you don't think it's, why would you amplify them without the link if it's something that you want people to know? Because... Depending on the public, sometimes there's things that come up in different spaces that don't need the algorithm bump. Where right, so that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about not those things. I'm talking about if you, if it shouldn't have the algorithm bump, then should you be sharing it in DM? I'm not saying DM. Oh, I'm saying, saying I do it on actual. Like, I actually I tweet, see. post, whatever. I'm like I'm no hitting anybody's DMs with that shit. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. That would negate everything. That <laughs> you stand for? Yeah. But no, I don't do that. <sighs> so I think we're done here. Are we? Or are we not? I don't know. I, maybe I'm being premature. You're never premature. Level.medium.com. <laughs> well, you're not. You couldn't de- let, come on. Why delay the ejaculation? It's hard to live <laughs> with. You volleyed that one right to me. You think I'm not going to take hindsight, that one? You should have wrote that, actually. Why delayed ejaculation is what hard to live it's with. Hard to live with. I could have because you were one living. You were living. I guess with I still could as. technically. Mm-hmm. No, not really. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we are not. This is not. This is a clean episode. This is an episode I can send the link to and not feel any type of way, no matter who's listening. Oh, Ouch. Wrong button. Wrong button. And That's no, it. we're not going to talk about <laughs> delayed ejaculation and etc. Hmm. We're not. Are we done? Mm. So. The other part, too, is you've had a day and you were... I've had a day. This was actually really helpful. You were a little wonky for a bit. Yeah. So I don't want to just sit here longer than we should while you are feeling better. I don't want to get you feeling better and then we're here too long and then you're on the downslide again. And the 13-year-old is being left to her own devices. Should be all right. So, so, yeah. And also, we don't have a car right now. Like We got a... Which is a whole other thing. So I don't want to get off. Because oh, <laughs> it's like good talk is button. like a is like a um, it's like a cocoon. 
once I take these headphones off and you press the button, <laughs> then is I gotta go this, back to the. Is that what the theme sounds like? <laughs> yes. Then I gotta go back to the real world. I have a story to write tonight and a meeting and two meetings tomorrow. Oh, so you got a meeting tonight? No, a story to write. No, one, yeah. just a story to write, prep for a meeting. Right. Two meetings tomorrow and all kinds of. Other. I don't want to go back out there to my desk that's one foot away. <laughs> I don't want to go over there. I'm the, staying here. You can get off. just that close. All right. I'm, I'm, bye. Bye. Did you see the episode where I was, did you hear the episode where I was talking about you? You can't say bye and then start <laughs> talking to me. Did you? The episode where there was a recent episode. I guess you didn't hear it. Please there was a recent what? episode where something happened and you had to get up to Monday. go do something. And I started talking. That was Monday. Did you hear it? Yeah. I, I have to do So you episodes. listen to the whole thing? I have to shoot through to figure out show notes. I don't, I, I'll jump spots and figure things out. But I, I figured figure out you would jump past that and not hear it. I have, so I have to do, I have, I have to figure out show notes. I have to make sure levels are appropriate and everything else. So I'll skip segments and jump through but yeah i generally listen to i most was of really having a ball <laughs> talking to myself so like i said i can put up the headphones you just can't ask me questions after i put up the headphones no it's time i'm gonna go all right um again guys uh rate my podcast.com uh good talk Rate us on iTunes and all the places where you can rate. And Stitcher and Spotify. Can't rate on Stitcher. And, okay, don't rate on Stitcher. Well, no, you can rate on Stitcher. You can't you can rate, on, rate Spotify. on Stitcher, but you can't rate on Spotify. Yeah. But, yeah. So that particular link isn't helpful for that. I'm oh, sorry. Um, but, yeah. Uh, look us out on the things. And I think that's it. Can we have sex in here? I was thinking about that all day today. Not because I wanted to, but just the logistics. Like, is this a sex-free zone? Like, is this just work zone? Or can I just, like, give you a little job in the middle of the day, wherever? You're not answering me. This place is so goddamn rickety and hollow. That it wouldn't work? We wouldn't be very secretive. On that note.